Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. That is right. The Weekend Report is indeed on your radio. And Tony Colombo is here. That's me in your in studio. And uh, Virginia Cruda is here with me today from The Daily Caller. Hello. Chris Arps is out this week. And Virginia has been nice enough to step in in his place. <laughs> and I appreciate you being here. Great to see you. This microphone stands up t- taller than the one yeah, it you're on. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> nice. on the, you're on the Chris mic. You're on a different microphone than you usually are. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, sure. And Virginia's going to be here for the whole first hour with mm-hmm. us today. Uh, we have a packed show for you. Uh, coming up in the very next segment, uh, just a few minutes from now, we are going to talk to Missouri Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk to Rodney Boyd, of course, uh, host of Insider Talk here on uh, 97.1. Uh, we're also going to have Skip Weber and Trish Gazelle in next hour for another edition of the Weird News Challenge. Are you going to play or are you going to host? I'm going to host. Okay. You're going to play. I am? Yes. Okay. So you know, you're not judging today. All right. You're in, baby. You're right. in the game. I wish I would have yeah, prepared. So All right. get, yeah. So start <laughs> studying. Start boning up right, right now. What happened? That, of course, is Carl Middleman. And thank you again Hi. for tuning in to the Weekend Report. Uh, let's get this stuff out of the way right here at the beginning. If you want to download the podcast of this fine program or any of the shows here on the radio station, you can do so on our website, 971talk.com, or or even better, download the Radio.com app. It's absolutely free. Get it on your phone, your mobile device, uh, tablet, whatever. And favorite the radio station. Once you've done that, you have access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7. And you can download the podcasts of all of the shows, including, of course, the Weekend Report. So go and check that out and take us with you everywhere you go. Also, don't forget about the um, 97.1 YouTube channel. We have a Weekend Report playlist there, and we put videos up throughout the week, so you can check in with us there as well. Um, all kinds of ways to keep up with the show as the week goes on. So we, speaking of the week, Virginia, we had a another busy week, another crazy <laughs> week. Um, last yes. So last week, and, and we, we talked to Corey Lewandowski on the show last week. You have, uh, you, you've had, you've talked to uh, Corey yourself. You've interviewed yes. him uh, f- uh, uh, for the Daily Caller. Um, I did. So there was a, yes. there was a, there was a clown show. That uh, two weeks ago with <laughs> yes. Corey Lewandowski on Capitol Hill, True. and there was another clown show on Capitol Hill this week yes. with uh, with uh, Intelligence Director Joseph McGuire, uh, of course, regarding the whole Trump Ukraine, uh, right. President Trump uh, and the President of Ukraine, the phone call that they had together. Uh, let's just start big picture, uh, thirty thousand foot view. What are your thoughts on the whole mess? Um. Well, I would say, and I, th- I think I actually made this point on on Twitter. If you look at the contents of the transcript, which I read, I read the transcript. I read the whistleblower complaint. People who 
were fans of Donald Trump are still fans of Donald Trump. People who wanted him impeached still want him impeached. And there is not anything there that will take him down. It's almost that, exactly like the Mueller report. It's uh, well, as far as reaction. Y- yes. And and I would say actually in, in a number of ways, it's kind of like the Mueller report. Because if you, if you remember the first part of the Mueller report, which he was charged with finding collusion. Right. That, that was his job yeah. to determine whether or not there was collusion. Right. And in part one of the Mueller report, he revealed, guess what? There wasn't. Part two, um, I several people made the point that it was it was basically an op-ed. <laughs> it was That's it it was well a bunch of stuff that people said to other people that would never be an ad- admissible in any court because it was all what you would call hearsay. So. Part two of the Mueller report, you know, people said that it was, oh, well, this says this about uh, about Trump. No, it doesn't. None of this would be admissible if you presented it in a court of law. None of it. And the same thing goes with this whistleblower complaint. This is something that I heard from somebody else and it made me concerned for my my country. Okay, well, you know, I appreciate that you're concerned. And and, you know, if we had direct access to what was on that call. But if you think about it. Once that transcript came out, the whistleblower who sounded the alarms about all the horrible things that happened on this call, that person learned about the actual contents of the call at the same time the rest of us did Mm -hmm. because they didn't have any direct knowledge of Mm -hmm. it. So does that not raise some questions for anybody else? Because if you know, it's one thing to sound an alarm about something you know about. But but secondhand yeah. information, it's desperate. It's desperation. It's like they, they if they think they have something, they run yeah. with it and then they determine whether they re- whether it's really there right. or not. And I feel like that's what Nancy Pelosi did with this announce her impeachment announcement this week is that she no. thought something was there. I don't think she thought something was there. I think that she had no choice. Amen. Because this was the argument that Dave Glover and I had this week. And and I I don't I don't think she had a choice. If but, she would have let this one pass, she would have lost the base. She is threading a needle right yes. now. And what if she, she has let this to do, one go by without an announcement about impeachment, yeah. a lot of those Democrats, the squad and others would have right. come out and said they don't have confidence in the speaker. She couldn't. She had to do it this time. That's my opinion. Right. And I think she had to do it before the contents of the call came out, just in case it was a dud. (laughs) Right. Because. Because then she would just look stupid, which she kind of does does. She does. But she's kind of being smart about it because she has, by coming out and saying, we're going to have an impeachment inquiry. And several people have pointed out that this is not the way you do it. You are supposed to vote in the House, on the House floor to open an, an official inquiry. Mm-hmm. She didn't do that. It's been done a few times before because I think Al Green has has pushed it a couple of times and it's failed every time, which tells me that she knows, A, she doesn't have the votes if she were to open an impeachment inquiry through a House vote, or she's trying to protect, protect newly elected Democrats in formerly red mm-hmm. districts. Mm-hmm. Because if they have to go on record, especially before this call comes out and everything else, or even after the call comes out, if they have to go on record, they're in danger. And so she's giving them this two-week window because she made the announcement, 
And several people have said, hey, you need to have a floor vote on this. Whether or not she's going to do it, I don't know. Right. But she now has two weeks for people to either forget that she didn't call the floor vote like she was supposed to, or for those formerly red district Democrats to go back home and see if they can drum up some support right. for impeachment. Right. And if they can, then they come back and, oh, it's okay, we can have we get, a floor right. vote now because it's okay if we say this and it's... You know, for me, my 30,000 foot view is back to the Mueller report comparison that people read this. And if you already are predisposed to right. hate the president and think that he's corrupt and up to no good, you read that and you say, see, it's it's right here. It's black and white. He's uh, he's asking a, another world leader to do a, 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 a it investigation for his campaign it's it how could you support this and if you already either don't care uh are logical and or like the president <laughs> you read it and you say yeah um kind of just looks like a regular conversation there's certainly no quid pro quid pro quo i can never <laughs> say that and you know what i'm not the only one i've noticed that since that's been in the news so yeah. much everybody stumbles over it we it's need to almost find a, as bad as find new uh, words. you know nuclear versus yeah. nuclear yeah yeah, Nuc- yeah. nuclear nuclear <laughs> that, yeah that, that was, was my favorite that was bush yeah nuclear oh um, my gosh so yeah. but 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 you know if so you if you hate the president you read that it just reinforces the fact in your brain that he's corrupt yeah. and he's always up to no good and if you don't if you didn't already believe that what came out this week was not proof to change your mind. Right. It's, and let me throw this out. And this, girl, is, this is from my husband, Jim. <laughs> his, <laughs> his, uh, I'm, I'm at the bakery frying donuts analysis of this. Um, he nice. says, I think my favorite aspect of the Democrat theory of, well, no, the transcript doesn't come right out and show quid pro quo. But the subtext is obvious, is that it relies on the subtlety of Donald Trump, who is well known for subtext. <laughs> 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 well I mean, really, it's funny. this is this is not a man who is subtle. This is no. I mean, he, he has all the subtlety of a jackhammer at yeah. two o'clock in the morning. You don't. He, yeah, he doesn't do subtext. I know. And you know what, though? Also, one of the things that he can do is steal victory from the jaws of defeat. And he can do that sometimes. And he can do that sometimes or steal defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> excuse me. Well, um, the other way around. T- um, either he can, one. He can screw up his own. You know, yeah. just by talking too much, yes. by by bragging too much. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, he should just he should just move on. Like mm-hmm. there is nothing in this thing. There's nothing here, guys. Yeah. Let's move on instead of spiking the ball and you know. And well, he called for Schiff's com- resignation this morning, which, <laughs> to be fair, that was not based on the fact that Schiff held this hearing. It was based on the fact that Schiff fabricated the memo right. during the opening parts of the hearing. So that that was pretty. Um, Spectacular! You're going to be here next week because uh-huh. um, Chris is going to be out again next week. Virginia yes. is going to be hosting the first hour of the show with me again next week. When you're here next week, are we still talking about this or is it already old news? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I to be honest, I think that I think that the hearing and the memo and I I don't think we're talking about that too much because we're getting real close to the next Democratic debate. We've got new um, a couple people who didn't qualify for the last debate that are that are going to be on the stage. And so that's going to be in the news. I think that we're going to see a lot of town halls and people responding and trying to talk to their representatives while they're home in their districts because this is 
Mm-hmm. You know, I I thought it, now this was you'll find this amusing. Claire McCaskill was tweeting the other day, <laughs> uh, former Missouri Democratic senator yep. who um, whose job now, Josh Hawley and now, now has MSNBC superstar. Right. Um, or she was CNN. No, MSNBC. She's, yeah, she's, she's MSNBC. MSNBC. She, right. she was tweeting about how her former Republican colleagues in the Senate couldn't wait to get home because they wanted to get away from the disaster that this phone call was and et cetera, et cetera. And the, it, all of the responses were like <laughs> former colleagues. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... I don't think Republicans are are running from this. I mean, the, yeah. when to be honest, when when uh, Pelosi announced the impeachment inquiry, my first response was, "It's going to suck to be her in a year when she realizes that she single handedly reelected the president." Yeah, yeah, with just one press conference, right, right. Uh, it, you know, it, there is very little if they pu- if they keep pushing this forward, there is very little they're going to be able to do to stop this. Train. I agree. And the and only person that could screw it up is Donald Trump, in my opinion. I wonder. And th- this is something that I've heard kind of scuttlebutt around. Uh, I wonder if they are throwing in the towel, if Pelosi realizes that the only way she can save her base is to go ahead with impeachment. But in at the same time, she's acknowledging that they can't win in 2020 right. because the reality is this transcript is far worse for Joe Biden than it is for mm-hmm. President Trump mm-hmm. um, because of the questions it raises. And if they go forward with impeachment and there is a hearing and hearings in the House and a possible trial in the Senate, who do you think the defense is going to call as a witness? Right. And does anybody want to hear from Hunter Biden on the Democrat side? No. No. Because that is bad. Bad for Hunter, bad for Joe, and bad for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the only thing that would be she'd have to be careful with if she's if they're if they're ready to let Joe, you know, feed him to the wolves, let this go, move forward with impeachment, even if they can't win and sort of, like you said, throw in the towel in the presidential election. They need to be careful because they still have a really good chance, the Democrats, of holding on to the House. Yeah. And. I think that they could even damage their their they could lose seats in the house with this type of behavior if oh, yeah. they're not careful. I mean especially in districts that were right. red or purple right. before um I want to change the subject it's something that you just touched on. Okay. Um uh, we were all well we were I was was happy when uh, the last Democratic debate came and, and a bunch of the Democratic candidates didn't make the cut and it sort of cut the field in half. And I was like, OK, great. You know, there's not 25 anymore. Now there's only 10. And I didn't think I thought from here on out, we were just good. The field was just going to shrink. It's growing again because Tulsi Gabbard and Tom Steyer, of all people, have qualified for the next debate, like you just mentioned. So um, uh, now there's going to be 12 Democrats Not necessarily. in the next debate. Okay. Because uh, Cory Booker made an announcement earlier this week that if he doesn't hit a fundraising goal, a, a specific fundraising goal, that he's going to drop out of the race. By Monday. Entirely. By Monday, because so, end, really? end of third quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Well, that's yeah. So, so there may be also when Corey Lewandowski said he would make up his mind. There may be some kind of push and shove there. Yeah. Speaking of Corey Lewandowski, I've been watching um, Shaheen mm-hmm. in um, in Connecticut, yeah. which is I, that's where he would no New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Uh, Shaheen, um, mm-hmm. she's already fundraising off the fact that he might run against her, which yeah. tells me that she's scared. He's already fundraising, and he hasn't even announced yet. So. Well, I mean... <laughs> well, he announced with but us last week. But that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, he, but he's... 
Yeah. He he was actually right. exploratory yeah. and 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 yeah. whatnot. So it makes sense for him to be raising money toward that end. But she is actively fundraising, considering him her opponent. Yeah, like using his name and not right. even mentioning anyone who's already running in the primary. That's, because that's what it's going to be. Yeah. We all know that. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. So, so it is funny, though, that she's scared and, and doing that already. So Tulsi Gabbard back on the stage. Yes. Tom Steyer on the stage for the first time. Um, oh, oh. See, I'm with Tony Katz on this one. As soon as he heard that Tulsi was going to be in the, in the debate, he's like, please, can she stand next to Kamala Harris? Yes. <laughs> Amen. I'd love to see that, that oh, yes. happen again. Yes. Do either one of those candidates, now that they've made it back on the, or, you know, Tulsi made it back on the stage, Tom Steyer finally qualified for it, uh, can, can either of them join the, the group of frontrunners? No. At any point? They're... They, Tulsi Gabbard is the voice of reason. Uh, yeah, she's the only one up there that I li- like. And I don't, the Democratic I like base policies, is not listening like to her. that voice anymore. Yeah, yeah, amen. So, I mean, if she stands up and says something sane, she's going to get booed in a room full of hardcore Democrats. Right. Now, that doesn't mean, and I don't know if you've watched this, but she's been posting on social media vid- videos of her workouts. That's no joke. Oh, yeah. I, I, w- I would struggle to get through She's, one of her. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I like her. And I'm in good shape. So. I think that she is one of the only ones, and you can say this about Republicans, too. Yeah. She's the, one of the only ones that ha- that I, I, I feel like is up there for the right reasons. That yeah. She, that she truly right. wants to no, help. No, I don't agree with I don't her agree assessment with her, I don't of agree with her policies. I don't right. agree with her policies. But, but I like her as a person. I yeah. think that her heart's in the right place. Yes. I, I, I think that, yeah. Now, Tom Steyer, the only thing I know about Tom Steyer is that for the last year, every third YouTube video that I watch, <laughs> he freaking pops up with a two-minute long commercial that yeah. I can't wait for the skip ad button to pop up as he lectures me about how the president has committed four crimes a day every day <laughs> since being uh, since being elected to office so oh, for uh, heaven's sake I just yeah, uh, what no. kind of what is he gonna what is he gonna bring to the conversation just more just more under the big top just, like I honestly he, I th- I would I would ha- I <laughs> Not to get all conspiracy theory on you, but my if you wanted to set up Go a foil get, to make Elizabeth Warren look theory. reasonable. OK. All right. To make who say that? Again? Elizabeth Warren, Warren oh, okay. look more reasonable and less, you know, far left. Yeah. Loopy. Put Go. Tom Steyer on yeah, the stage. He's got yeah. a lot of money, but he has a yeah. lot of money. He's yeah. a but billionaire. I, well, speaking of which, but I like that idea. Elizabeth Warren is in trouble if she wins the nomination because there are, I mean, there's a CNBC report out yesterday, I think, that um, there are Wall Street donors that are ready to either sit out the election or donate to Trump if she wins the primary. Wow. Okay. Well, and that's... these are Democrat donors. That's what we're, where we will end this segment then because uh, we have to talk to Missouri Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. So last sure. question before we go to break this time. Um, about Elizabeth Warren, you, you know, and, and winning the nomination, there was a poll that came out last week in mm-hmm. Iowa that showed her, ahead yeah, she's the, up. Yeah, showed her ahead of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And then just here, right at the end of the week, there was another poll out of one of those New England states, New Hampshire yep. or Massachusetts, something like that, uh, that also for the first time showed her ahead of Joe Biden. So here she has... Um, uh, actually, she's actually winning in a couple polls. That's the first time that we have seen 
anybody but Joe Biden lead in a couple of the, it was New Hampshire. Uh, she's right. up by she's up 27 to 25 percent in New Hampshire over Biden and 22 to 20 in Iowa. Uh, is it, it, do you feel like she really has a, a shot at winning that nomination? Is she truly the front runner right now? And, and, and will, does she have staying power? I would I would say, yes, she is the front runner right now. Um, it is probably her nomination to lose because the question is, will you see more Democrats realizing this is not a good tack to take mm-hmm. in a general? Mm-hmm. Because realistically, Joe Biden is a more formidable opponent opponent in a general election. Agreed. But Warren has, I mean... She's traded in big dollar fundraisers for selfie lines, and people like that. Yeah, she's she's getting a lot more young people out to her rallies. Mm-hmm. But here's a question: She's getting the Bernie Bros. How many young people go to primaries? Right. Hmm. Ask Bernie Sanders. How many young people go to general elections? Yeah. I mean, good point. So you know, the the eighteen to twenty five, she's very popular with the eighteen twenty five dem- eighteen to twenty five demographic, but. Can she get them to the polls? That's the question. All right. That's going to do it for this segment. Coming up next is Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller is in for Chris this week, and she's going to stick around as well. You should, too. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. And welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo in studio with Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, who is in for Chris today. Of course, Carl Middleman is here as well. And as I mentioned in the last hour, joining us now on the phone is the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Missouri, Mike Kehoe. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, great to speak with you again. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. You're doing great today. Yeah, you bet. Uh, So... Um, you made some news a little bit earlier this week. It's kind of happening right now that a lot of the statewide uh, officials are are officially announcing their you know running for their office again. Uh, the governor made his announcement a couple weeks ago, and you announced this week that you will indeed be running again to uh, hold the office of lieutenant governor. Tell folks about uh, that announcement and uh, why you think uh, you know you're the you're the guy for the job. Well, thank you for having me on today. Um, I would be happy to talk a little bit about that. As you know, as we've uh, talked before, I'm originally born and raised in St. Louis, so it's great to be on an audience with familiar friends and family, hopefully listening. But uh, So uh, about a year ago, 14 months ago, the governor uh, asked me to take on this job. It's something I didn't have in mind. I didn't dream in my wildest dreams that I'd ever be doing this. And I told uh, Governor Parson that uh, I believed in his mission to you know, kind of get things going right in direction in the state of Missouri and that I'd be happy to join him. And after spending 14 months visiting all 114 counties, many of them multiple times and meeting Missourians and working on the things that Lieutenant Governor does, veterans and tourism and by Missouri, uh, I quite frankly have been more inspired than I've been exhausted. So uh, my wife and I and family, we, you know, prayed a little bit, thought a little bit about it. And we said, uh, this seems to be going well, and there's some work we'd like to continue. So we decided to go ahead and 
run for the office and continue to work for Missouri. It's an interesting situation that you're in and many of the uh, people that hold statewide office in Missouri after what happened with Josh Hawley being elected to the Senate and former Governor Greitens stepping down last year. There's a lot of people in these positions that they were appointed to. You were elected to uh, different offices, but you weren't elected to lieutenant governor. And, uh, and Mike Parson wasn't elected governor. So does that create any sort of unique challenges as you go forward with you know running for an office that you already hold, but never actually won an election for? It's, it's weird, right? Well, <laughs> I think it kind of gives us a little bit of an advantage, at least for Missourians. Um, we're all in these offices begin without promising anything to anybody. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes people get elected in and they make a lot of different promises. Uh, obviously, we'll have commitments as we go forward on what we'd like to continue doing. But it's a little bit refreshing, and I'm hearing that from some Missourians. Is it's nice to have folks in office who aren't professional politicians who really didn't know they were going to be in that position and and did it anyway as a way for public service uh, and don't have a lot of uh, things hanging out there that would make it seem like um, they've they've promised everybody to get there. So Mm -hmm. I I think it's kind of a fresh start, actually, for us uh, from that point of view, and I think it's uh, reassuring to Missourians as well. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Josh Hawley, I didn't even mean to ask you this question, but, you know, I just brought him up and it kind of popped in my head. Um, how well did you know the the senator before he left? I don't know if you guys had a chance. I mean, he's been in Missouri politics a long time. You have, too. I assume you guys have um, have worked together a lot in the past. What do you think of the job that he has done since he's gone up to Washington? Well, I've known Josh and his wife, Aaron for a long time. Um, he did a great job running and serving as our state's attorney general's office. Uh, I was appreciative that he would take on the role of uh, so quickly running another statewide campaign and running for U.S. Senate. But, you know, it's so critical that we keep the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. And I think you're seeing that with the judges that have been appointed uh, over the last uh, several months that we are really uh, making some strides with that, um, you know, with conservatives in charge of the Senate. I think that's a good thing. Uh, Josh, I think, is doing a great job. He's doing exactly what he promised the people he would do. Uh, and I'm just so happy to have them there as a compliment to Senator Blunt. I think the two of them together represent Missouri well, along with the rest of our congressional delegation, and uh, I think that's a good thing for Missourians. Okay, I have uh, one question. This is Virginia. Um, I was just wondering uh, uh, the broader implications. You said you've been going around the state of Missouri, and you're seeing a lot of what the people have to say. And I'm coming from, you know, the People's Republic of Illinois, so it's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit different climate where I am. But um, God love you. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but so, so my question is: as you're going around, the big thing right now, if you look at a broader national scale, um, Democrats are pushing forward with impeachment now. So, um, are you hearing anything about that? Are are the people in Missouri? Are they sick of it? Do they just want it over with? Do they think, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I just know what I'm seeing in Illinois, and it's kind of a split. I, I'm Southern Illinois is kind of a split ticket. But um, as far as Missouri, what are you seeing on that? Well, can I tell you something? Here's what I'm hearing all across Missouri. I was in Pettis County last night, which is Sedalia. I was in right. Springfield, Green County before then. I was in Rolla, Phelps County before that with all this news it's broken and, and i unanimously what i hear from different people and these aren't just conservative groups i'm going to different groups of you know some bipartisan groups you know the, the summing up is doesn't washington have anything better to do huh. i mean <laughs> we have all kinds of things hanging out there that they could be taking action on for right. you know our transportation bill is about to you know expire that so the reauthorization mm-hmm. of transportation dollars 
USMCA, probably the most important thing to Missouri agriculture, which is the replacement for NAFTA waiting on a vote. I mean, there's so many things there that they could be doing that actually helps people and makes a difference in people's lives. And right. instead, we're going down this, in my opinion, this crazy mm-hmm. road to where, I mean, where does it all end? Let's let's try right. to get something done that actually makes a difference in people's lives. Yeah. Well, Ann Wagner was talking about that yesterday. I think she was on uh, the Mark Cox Morning Show. She said that Nancy Pelosi actually put off a vote for two days on the Debbie Smith Act, which would allow um, to clear the backlog of, of stored rape kits, which is a big deal. You would think somebody yeah. who was, you know, promoting women's issues like Nancy Pelosi says that she does, you know, wouldn't she be in favor of this? Because this is a bipartisan effort to but clear this exactly, backlog. She puts impeachment exactly. ahead that, of that. That's, that. There's so many bipartisan pieces of legislation right. that are out there that need action from the House now. I just I don't get it, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And I think if we tried that in Missouri, if all of a sudden we said, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, we you know went through some turbulent times back right. in the 18th session with the governor, but the legislature kept going forward. And so the things that we needed to get done for Missourians, we continued to do. We we had that issue going on, but that we didn't let that consume us to the point where we weren't getting things done for Missourians. So it, it's a little mind boggling to me. We're talking to Missouri Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. And, Mike, you were here on the Dave Glover Show a little bit earlier in the week. If anybody missed that, I suggest you go and check out the podcast, which is available on the Radio.com app. Of course, you can podcast this interview on that app as well if you uh, if you missed it or you want to hear it again. Uh, one of the things that, you, that, that we discussed when you were here with Dave uh, off the air is something you just touched on that I wish we would have had time that day to talk on on the air, and, and I'm glad we have the time to do it today. Is is the replacement for NAFTA, the uh, USMCA, and you had mentioned uh, when you were here in studio with Dave off the air how important it was for that agree how how much that deal will affect and be a positive thing uh, for the state of Missouri. Can you sort of explain that why that agreement is so is so much better than NAFTA and and how it will benefit uh, Missouri? Well, look, when NAFTA was negotiated, it you know, for the time, it probably was the right thing. But seven, so many years ago, I mean, we didn't have cell phones when NAFTA was negotiated. We didn't have the Internet hardly. I mean, think of all the things that have changed in technology and the way we do business. Um, and so when you have a trade agreement, you need to make sure it's updated to what we do now. Missouri's number one industry is agriculture. We are an agrarian state. I mean, and if you look at just the impact agriculture has across our state, especially there with Bear and now Bungie moving in town with the, with the research that we're doing, the plant science research, et cetera, not just the crops in the field, but what's happening in St. Louis and the whole plant science corridor. I mean, NAFTA is an incredible, incredibly important piece for our farmers, for our family farms to be able to move forward with certainty get their products to market and be able to capture the best prices they can on the market. Uh, in my opinion, the president did a great job negotiating that. It's teed up. It's ready to go. It's another bipartisan piece. I've seen, uh, I am part of the National Lieutenant Governors Association, which is Democrats and Republicans. We have supported that. Uh, Democrats and Republicans and my counterparts in other states are supporting that. I see that in Congress. Um, you know, there's plenty of bipartisan support on how important that is. And I just can't for the life of me understand why they wouldn't take that up and push that thing through so that we can get certainty for our markets, uh, not just agriculture related, by the way, all of our manufacturing markets across the United States. It's a uh, it's it's a great deal and we need to be taking advantage of it. Got a couple more questions for Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe before we let you go. Um 
One of the things that we've been dealing with here in St. Louis, and they've also been dealing with in Kansas City, and uh, Mike Parson has been very proactive in this area. He has visited St. Louis multiple times in the last several weeks, and that is to address the crime that is happening in Saint, in uh, Missouri's big cities of St. Louis and uh, Kansas City. I don't know about Kansas City as far as the children are concerned, but here in St. Louis we've had this alarming year of, of homicides involving children. I know that the governor has uh, sort of released his plan to address crime in the big cities. Uh, can you talk about from a, from a statewide office what you guys are doing to, uh, you know, sort of look into this crime? You know, we've got this Cure Violence program in Missouri that they're going to be uh, spending millions of dollars on to implement. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the crime in the big cities and the governor's plan to hopefully uh, limit and eradicate a lot of it? Well, look, let me just say on a personal note that um, as a as a uh, as a kid who was born and raised in North City, St. Louis, yeah. uh, there's nothing more disturbing to me when I see a crime scene on TV and the tape that's wrapped around a tree and goes to the lamppost and goes up to somebody's handrail is a corner that I know mm-hmm. personally. And I've seen those scenes. Those are places where I grew up. Those are streets I walked on. And I'm telling you, it just it'll rattle you down to the core. Uh, I've spent time with the Kansas City Police Chief going through their crime, tri- crime lab. I've spent time with Chief Delmar in the county. I've spent time with St. Louis City uh, walking beat cops. Um, this is something that everybody wants to get their arms around. I think the governor's uh, plan is a great step in the right direction. I think I'm happy that St. Louis uh, City, as well as county and the surrounding municipalities, got together and said, let's figure out what we need, and then let's ask the state of Missouri on how you can help us fill the holes with different assets, whether people or equipment. Uh, and I think the governor's plan addresses those needs and is a great process going forward. But look, this is something that's uh, cultural. This is something that is a deep problem. This is not a magic wand fix. It's going to take a lot of people. Uh, neighborhood watches, people, citizens getting involved, prosecutors being willing to keep these folks that do the bad things behind bars. It's going to take multiple pieces to get this, uh, uh, start curbing this violence. Uh, And I think we're going in the right direction with everybody on board to try to get that done. Very good. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, before we let you go, one last question, kind of going back to your announcement that you are uh, officially running again in 2020 for Lieutenant Governor. I've also heard you mention about how close you are with Governor Parson, who is also, of course, running again for that position. And we have had in the state of Missouri, you know, different periods of time where the governor and the lieutenant governor, since they are separate elected offices, sometimes it's, a, you know, a Republican. Sometimes it's it's different political parties holding the two offices and maybe they don't communicate as much as they probably should. How important in your eyes, I've heard you talk about uh, what a great relationship you have with Governor Parson and how you guys are essentially in constant communication. How important is that to run the state of Missouri, to have the lieutenant governor and the governor uh, simpatico uh, on the same side, working together, uh, working towards the same goal? How important is it that you know both of you get elected and, and hopefully keep moving the ball forward? Look, I think it's critical. Uh, Missourians like the fact that you kind of get two for one. Um, when you have a governor and lieutenant governor that work together, no matter what the parties or the state is or wherever you're at, I think Missourians in, our, in this particular case are getting uh, a little extra value, the way we call it in the retail business mm-hmm. that I was from. 
Uh, being able to understand what the governor's plans are, letting me have input into that. The governor listens not just to me but to other Missourians and people around him uh, so that we can try to do things that move the state forward together. Uh, we absolutely try to work with each other. I have people all the time saying, hey, you should come to this event because the governor's going to be here. And I said, well, on purpose, I try to be somewhere else where he's not, mm. uh, just so that we can try to make sure we're listening to Missourians in all corners of the state uh, with both of us out there together. So um, it's, uh, and Missourians are noticing that. I'm, I'm hearing that all over the state. They're saying, you know, it's nice to finally have a governor and lieutenant, lieutenant governor that actually work with each other and know what each other are doing and share the same core values. Uh, and I think that makes a big difference to Missourians in the way they conduct their lives. And I think uh, hopefully they'll uh, find the same thing in November of 2020 when it comes time to the ballot. Well, that is Lieutenant Governor of the state of Missouri, Mike Kehoe. Mike, uh, hopefully we can have you back on again soon as you go down this campaign trail. For people that do want to learn more about you, where you stand on the the issues, uh, maybe they want to support you websites, social media, all that good stuff. How can people learn more about your campaign? Sure. So it's MikeKehoe.com if they want to learn more about the campaign piece. Uh, on our official page, you can go to our lieutenant governor's website and see what the office is doing. And on social media, it's at Mike L. Kehoe. So that's the Twitter sign, at Mike L. Kehoe. And they can follow us wherever we're going. We just finished in Dexter last night. We're in Sykeston today. So we're covering the boot deal this weekend and uh, just meeting a lot of great people. Thanks a lot for your time today, Lieutenant Governor. hope to talk to you again soon. You bet. Thank you. You bet. All right. That is going to do it for that segment, but there is plenty more to go. Don't go anywhere. Virginia Cruda is sticking around, and we've got more Weekend Report coming next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. And welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo in studio with Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, who is filling in for Chris today. Carl Middleman, of course, is here as well. And Hi. as I mentioned in the last segment, joining us now is Brian Agers, one of the great sponsors of this program, the owner of Agers HVAC. Great to see you, my friend. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. In. Yeah, you bet. So um, one of the things I wanted to uh, have you in today to talk about, obviously want to talk about uh, the business and the mobile showroom and all that stuff. But finally, we had, we, we've, we've had some noticeable weather changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're not quite there yet where it's like time to turn on the heaters and stuff, but that's right around the corner. I know it's going to warm back up, but it's right around the corner that people are going to be uh, uh, switching over from the air conditioner to the furnace. Um, what are some of the things that uh, people need to be looking out for as we get to this time of year and you're turning that furnace on for the first time, bracing yourself for the horrible smell (laughs) (laughs) that's about to happen? But yeah, like uh, I imagine this is going to be a little bit of a bump for you and your business that people turn on the furnace for the first time in a few months and they realize that something's gone wrong over the summertime. And the number one thing that uh, causes interference with normal operation is... As always, dirty air filters. Yes. And people think, oh, yeah, I got that just like a few days ago. And in reality, people lose track of time like nobody's business when it comes to air filters. Dude, you were in here. um, One of the first times that you came in and uh, joined me on this show, 
and I told you that I was like a once a quarter guy with the with the air filter, mm-hmm. and you said, "Do you have any dogs?" And I have a puppy, a uh, a chocolate lab puppy, wow. and and you were like, "You might want to check it." I'm up to like once a month, and that first time that I pulled. After waiting three or four months, yeah, it was bad. After wasn't it? having that dog, after she had grown full, and she's a, it was incredible. Yeah. So it, I, it was such good advice. Like here, I'm thinking, like I got it. I'm once a quarter guy. I'm one of the. I'm one of these guys who's up on his stuff. Sure, but it's kind of different for everybody. And you know what you have in your house affects a lot of you know what goes through your system. Well, not only that, but also the type of filter that you get. You know, people mm-hmm. go to the box store and they pick up these high efficiency filters. And we've got a demonstrator that shows customers what the effects are of different filters. And people are usually stunned at how restrictive air filters are. So um, we sell a product. It's manufactured by Lennox and um, it's a, a whole house filter. The replacement filter is 47 bucks. It lasts an entire year. Wow. And um, it's super low static pressure, so it lets the system breathe. And what people don't understand is, yeah, you can go to Amazon or somewhere and buy a cheaper filter for sure, but if it's restricting 10 or 15% of your airflow, that means you're running your air conditioning 10 or 15% more, so that 20 bucks you saved on Amazon is going to visit you on your electric bill mm-hmm. every month. Yeah. Um and one of the things that I talk about you, about Agers, HVAC, and what I think sort of sets you apart from the rest and why I, I think that people should go out and uh, uh, at least give you the option to, if, you're, if they need a new system or they just need somebody to work, is your dedication to customer service, your dedication to providing options instead of just showing up and saying, here's what's wrong and here's how you fix it and here's how much it costs. Mm-hmm. You guys are very good at providing uh, options and explaining why and what's happening and why these options are what they are and why whatever costs are what they are. Um, and I think a big part of that, obviously, is also the mobile showroom. So um, just kind of a highlight on that, your, the, the philosophy of how you deal with your customers and then talk about that amazing mobile showroom, which you can still see the video on the Weekend Report playlist on the 97.1 YouTube channel. If you want to go through a tour of the Agers mobile showroom, it's freaking amazing. Thanks. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's been a game changer for customers who have yeah. seen it. I hate I using terms I like game changer. But, well, uh, <laughs> I bet it has been. <laughs> but, you know, when you are selling heating and cooling products to people, it's more or less a promise. And may the best uh, talker and salesperson win. Right. So when you have a mobile showroom where people can physically walk in, they can see what the equipment looks like, it turns on, they can hear what it sounds like, they can interact with the thermostat, it definitely changes people's mindset about what they're looking to get when they figure out that this feature-rich product will do all of these things that they didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of, yeah, let's go with the builder's grade, it's, you know what, I really want to be able to dehumidify yeah. the house in addition to cooling it. I really want an air cleaner that tells me when it's time to change the filter. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going on now. In the last 10 years, there's just been an explosion of technology in the industry, and it's really exciting to show people. Yeah, talking to Brian Agers from Agers HVAC and... Um, it, it really is, you know, for me, I hate going and shopping for things like that. I know other people do, you know, you're always worried about spending money 
And it's just so it, I, game changer is the right word because it's such a big deal. It, it would be for me at least to have that just show up and pull in my driveway. And instead of me having to go somewhere, I I go in, and it's not like you just have the one super system that's the most expensive nope. and that's the only thing in there and you try to just sell that to people right. there's in that mobile showroom there's options so you can pick you can you can you can operate them and you can see like oh i love how you, this one works and the controls on it and maybe that one's a little too fancy i don't really need that or maybe you want the fancy um and you get to like you said you get to hear the blower kick on you get to operate it yourself so you have so much more confidence about that purchase that you're making it that you're making so much better than you would Sort of the old way. Yeah, and I've noticed that people, you know, prior to the showroom would be pleasantly surprised after we installed equipment. Like, oh, okay, what he said's true and, right. and even more so. And now the expectation after they are on the mobile showroom, they know what they're getting. And it's more of a satisfied feeling before it's even installed. Yeah. Um, something else that we're doing that I'm pretty excited about is that when customers purchase equipment from us, and buy a plan maintenance agreement, which is an annual thing. We come out twice a year to service the equipment. Mm -hmm. We are offering a lifetime warranty on labor. So as, oh, long, wow. as long as you do a plan maintenance agreement, your labor costs are zero with us. And um, part of the reason we're doing that is just as an added benefit to our customers, but also because 15 years into it, the number one thing that kills equipment is when people don't do regular maintenance. And you'll be able to do that. And and this is kind of a reward, I guess. And yeah. it, it uh, entices folks to go ahead and get that maintenance done so that they can get the longevity out of their equipment and then they're satisfied with their purchase and they'll purchase again. They'll mm -hmm. tell their friends, everybody's happy. It's that focus on customer service. That's why you guys are the best. Uh, before you have to leave, tell folks how they can learn more if they want the uh, the mobile showroom to show up to their house. They just need you to come out and look at their existing system. Uh, how is the best way to get hold of Eggers? You can call the office at 636-681-1976 or you can find us online at calleggers.com. C-A-L-L-A-G-E-R-S.com. Very good. Brian Agers, thanks so much for everything you do for this show and this station, and we'll have you back on again real soon. It's a pleasure. You bet. All right, we got to take a break. Got a whole second hour coming up of the Weekend Report. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. That's right, and it is our number two of the Weekend Report. Thank you so much for listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Virginia Cruda from Daily Caller is putting in a little overtime. She has been <laughs> filling in for Chris today and has been nice enough to stick around for another segment with us. Uh, Virginia, before we uh, talk to Rodney Boyd, who is on the phone now, um, tell folks how they can follow you, uh, social sure. media, and how they can uh, read your stuff on The Daily Caller. Okay, uh, you can find uh, stories from me and from many other talented journalists at dailycaller.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at VACruda. And so it's, that's and, pretty and, simple. Yep, <laughs> and it's a good follow and good information, and I get a lot of the 
the news stories that you hear me talking about throughout the yep. week on 97.1, I get a lot of information from and reading I, Virginia's I just want to tell articles. you that, that you don't keep me on for the Weird News Challenge because you'd know I'd, I'd win. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? We will have to have challenge. you on again. Well, you know what? We'll have to have you back for that soon. The Weird News Challenge with Skip Weber and Trish Gazelle from 102.5 is coming up next. But like I mentioned right now... We are joined by Rodney Boyd, the host of Insider Talk, every Sunday at noon here on 97.1. Rodney, great to talk with you again, my friend. How you doing? I'm always delighted to be on your show. Uh, even if it's the second or third hour, I feel like I'm, I'm just beginning to, <laughs> to get a rhythm going. So, no, good to be with you, Tony. Yeah, yeah. No, you're kicking off the second hour and the first hour. Uh, just a couple segments ago, if people missed it, they can always go get the podcast on the Radio.com app and mm-hmm. listen to the interview. But we talked to Lieutenant Governor of Missouri, Mike Kehoe. I know you know the Lieutenant Governor well. Of course, he made a little bit of news this week when he announced that he is going to be officially, uh, once again, running to become lieutenant governor. He, like uh, Governor Parson and the state treasurer and many other Republicans that hold state office, are currently serving in an office that they didn't win. They have won elections, but uh, they, but not for the office that they're in. A lot of them were appointed after Josh Hawley was elected to the United States Senate, of course, uh, Eric Greitens resigned last year, and it sort of caused this whole big reshuffling. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Governor Parson, who has also officially announced that he's running in 2020 to stay the governor of Missouri, and now Mike Kehoe for lieutenant governor? You think uh, those guys are the right men for the job? You know, I think they both are, are doing very good jobs in the offices that they've inherited, and I think they're going to be very formidable, very difficult to beat uh, incumbents. Uh, you're right to point out that neither of them were elected to the specific office they hold, but they both have been elected prior to uh, to these roles in state government. Mm-hmm. So they're not new to government. And I think, you know, the challenges of today uh, are, are significant. We'll get into some of that. And I think these guys are doing about the best they can with the circumstances that we have in the state. Mm-hmm. Mike Kehoe is particularly interesting because a lot of people don't really understand that Mike Kehoe, although he has built his brand, um, in fact, it literally built his brand, Kehoe Ford, out of Jefferson City, where he was sort of a major car dealer, grew up in St. Louis City. So every time I, I go to Kehoe and we talk, I always like to give him trouble because he grew up and was, you know, spent most of his life in Walnut Park and Baton two very tough areas yeah. of the city right now to live mm-hmm. in, but he's a St. Louis guy. And I always tell him, how often do you hide that St. Louis part when you're out of state, uh, Boot Hill or wherever? How often are you saying Missouri versus what you used to say when you were in Park, Missouri? And we laugh about it. So I just think these two gentlemen uh, are uh, true Missourians through and through. Both of them have spent most of their adult lives and uh, investing in Missouri, either through public service. Uh, Mr. Keogh, before he ever ran for office, was on the Highway Commission during the time when we rebuilt Highway 40, and I think most people thought that that exercise went better than expected quite well. Mm-hmm. So two, two, two different personalities. I think two guys that are going to be very difficult to beat. Uh, I know there's at least one challenger named for the governor, uh, Ms. Galloway. I don't have any names yet for if one's going to challenge Mr. Kehoe, but I'm sure there will be. And as we move forward, I think it's going to be formidable. Rodney, you've been um, in Jeff City covering Missouri politics, working you know very closely with a lot of politicians for a long time. One of the things that uh, Lieutenant Governor Kehoe touched on 
was his relationship with the governor and how close they are and how they sort of work together and communicate almost daily and are, are you know, working towards the same goals. Many times in the state of Missouri, because the two uh, offices are separate, uh, you know, elections, they're not elected yes. together as they are in some other states. Uh, the lieutenant governor and the governor, you know, don't always see eye to eye. Sometimes there's separate parties. Sometimes it's even separate parties holding the office, a Democrat holding one and a Republican holding the other. Uh, in your experience of just being around it, uh, Missouri politics and Missouri government, I mean, uh, how much more progress gets done in the state of Missouri when the offices of governor and lieutenant governor are held by like-minded individuals? Well, I will tell you, this is the first time probably in the, in the last quarter of a century wow. where I've been privy to a governor and a lieutenant governor working as a team. You made a great point. These are independently elected offices. You noted that Mike Parsons is going to run for uh, governor and Mike Kehoe is going to run for lieutenant governor. Two separate elections. One could win. The other could lose. They both could win or whatever variable you wish to imagine. But this is the first time that I have seen in my career over 20-something years where these two personalities have made a commitment. Now, some people say, well, yeah, he appointed Mike Kehoe. He has to work with him. And that that's an assumption that could or could not have manifested itself. But the fact that they work in tandem to tackle the issues that we're facing, they split the labor, uh, they work as a, as a, almost as a, um, as a, as a ticket, even though they don't run as a ticket, they work as a ticket. I think that that has served this state so well that it probably, I hope, will become the norm because mm-hmm. it hasn't been. If you just go back um, two and a half years ago, uh, Governor Grydens was a Republican and Governor Parson, Lieutenant Governor Parson was a Republican. Did they get along? Yep. Did they work together on issues of workforce, job training, transportation, public safety? Uh, absolutely not. They respected each other's separate lanes. They moved about the state in different spheres, very little overlap. And, that's, and that was the norm. Right. Uh, even when you had a Democrat governor and a Democrat lieutenant governor, it was sort of the same uh, outlay. So to see these two offices work uh, synergistically is to really create, I think, a new normal that probably will survive uh, their terms uh, and, and create a new appetite for these two offices working together is very productive. In retrospect, isn't it kind of a good thing that Parson didn't work quite as closely with Greitens as he is with, <laughs> with? I mean, just just for the the association yeah. and the because he didn't get any of the stink on him is what you're saying. No, that's <laughs> not really what I mean. But politically but speaking, that's what it is. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, poli- so politically kind of, speaking, the stink. I mean, yeah. not anything. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying I, to it just, cast it, aspersions. It may or actually here, do. Rodney. It may actually pay off for Parson to. I mean, I think it's great that they're working together, yeah. and I, I wish that we could see something like that in Illinois, at least working together in a different direction than yeah. we're going. But, you know, to see them working together really is, it, it is something to see. And mm-hmm. I think that it probably is to his credit that he didn't get bogged yeah. down. And not because he just didn't get bogged down in what he was able sure. to continue to do his job because he had a second sure. lane. And Rodney, to, add, Rodney to add on to Virginia's point, um, which just in general, we I mentioned a minute ago, some states... You know, the, the governor and lieutenant governor office are are together. It's one ticket, almost like, uh, you know, a national election with a president and a vice president. And, and some states, they do it like Missouri does it, where the two are, are separate uh, offices uh, and separate elections. 
Um, do you prefer one system over the other? Do you think we have it right in Missouri by keeping it separate like well, that, or it, should it be one ticket? I, Go ahead. I, I think that I think the way that the framework, the founders of each state constitution set it up, has probably worked well for those states. And just because, remember this: that even when it is a ticket, even when the people are working sort of synergistically in almost, I think every state. Uh, maybe one or two, but I think every other majority of states, you still have to get independently elected. So even if you run as a ticket, even if you run with a common mission, if your partner on the ticket loses and you win, you got to now work with someone that clearly be hostile because they beat your opponent. Mm-hmm. So I think that the the uh, the system works as each state, each laboratory of democracy gets to determine the best way they want their elections to run. But I think what happens is. You know, when you have these offices not working synergistically, I think that there's a division that, that, that doesn't serve the common good for the people. What do I mean by that? If you've got a governor and a lieutenant governor that don't really communicate, don't work together, when the governor leaves the state or when there's a decision that can't be made or if there's a need for executive leadership to be in some part of the state where the governor can't, think about the natural disasters. You know, when we had uh, the hurricane that decimated Joplin. It was all governor, 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 because the governor at the time had no working relationship with the lieutenant governor. So Lieutenant Governor Kinder was not really deployed or utilized in a way in other parts of the state uh, by the executive branch. And so you would not see that now. Now if there was, and as there has been, a disaster in one part of the state, and the people want to know that the political uh, executive branch is there, you know, engaged, the governor has deployed and worked with Mike, uh, keyhole to go in those places and be there on behalf of the governor. Uh, the governor, most people didn't even catch this, the governor of the state was out of the country on a trade mission during the parade when we celebrated the Stanley Cup. Mm. And it went unnoticed in large part because Go- Lieutenant Governor Keyhole presented a proclamation on his behalf. Yeah. Most of right. the crowd heard governor, 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 and clapped in tears. Yeah, so that's right. That's what happens when you got this sort of tandem working together. It, it serves civically, socially, and economically better for the constituency that they both represent. Rodney, uh, only got a couple minutes left. We're talking to Rodney Boyd, the host of Insider Talk, every Sunday at noon here on 97.1. Uh, one of the issues that, you know, I, li- I like having you on because you, you you are an expert on sort of the local issues, and sometimes we get so distracted with what's happening nationally, we forget to focus on the, on the local issues. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the Cure Violence Program. So the Cure Violence Program is this... Uh, 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 program that has been presented to the city of St. Louis, and they claim that if you if you initiate their program, they can cut down on uh, murders and violent crime by thirty percent in one year. St. Louis has already set aside two million dollars for cure violence to be for one year. People like Lewis Reed and some others are wanting to make a larger investment, up to maybe eight million dollars, to install cure violence in the city of St. Louis for multiple years. What do you know about this cure violence program? Because there, that's a lot of money, and that's a lot of bold claims to say that you can lower yeah, right. crime and murders by 30% in just one year. Uh, I know this is more than a two-minute question, but you know, in just a minute or two, what are your overall thoughts about this idea of investing so much money in the cure violence program? Look, so two things. One, I've, saw the, I've seen the presentation. I've seen the data on what they have been able to do around the country. Uh, each community is its own, uh, has its own sort of ebb and flow and challenges. If they can bring those kind of data point solutions to St. Louis, great. But I think part of what the Board of Aldermen and the city were doing is acknowledging the fact that they feel kind of helpless with local resources in terms of social services programs and groups. 
Uh, some people dispute that because there are groups like uh, the Block Federation through uh, Better Family Life and the Urban League that, that say they're doing some of the same things. I think the political folks in the city are just sort of desperately looking for any kind of solution that they believe can address the death rate, the homicide, the hopelessness. Now, if Cure St. Louis can work, at best, I think it would be a temporary short-term solution. Uh, Tony, we've got to deal with the systemic decades and decades of disinvestment, brokenness. The institutions that were viable in the 70s when I grew up, the church, the local business, the local merchant, the family structure that was strong in spite of poverty. Poverty doesn't dictate uh, that you have to be violent or criminal. you know. And so when I grew up in a poor part of the city, we had the ethos of, you know, my grandparents made me go to church two days a week. We had a local merchants on each corner that I knew by name that looked out for me. Cure violence cannot create a neighborhood. Cure violence cannot deal with, in a comprehensive right. way, the systemic problems that the community faces. So, look, it's a, it's almost like what we do now in our personal lives. If we get sick, we want to go to Walgreens or CVS and get that thing that's going to make us feel better so we can keep functioning. But we better ultimately get to what is causing the disease of decay, disinvestment, and disenfranchisement if we're going to heal the community. Or we could spend 8, 10, 15, 20 minutes on Cure Missouri. They'll come in. The data will look better. But if we don't address the root causes of these problems, yeah. when they leave, the problems will re- reemerge. Always great stuff. Rodney Boyd, uh, Insider Talk is tomorrow at noon. Who's on the show? Freeholders. We're going to talk about oh, the cool. process. Yes. we got to dig into this because this, this is a topic that's going to consume a lot of energy for the next year. Free I'll be listening. That's great holders. stuff. Yeah. No, that's 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 awesome. That's great stuff. We'll definitely be listening. Rodney Boyd, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you, guys. You bet. And uh, Virginia Cruda, thank you for your time. Thanks yes, for, absolutely. for being here. And uh, Chris is going to be out again next week, and Virginia has already agreed to come in and be with us next week. So Sounds we will, good. So we'll see you next week. Thank you so that much. That means yes. more donuts and for more every, cookies. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for uh, That's thank you, you. Keep bringing me yes. back. Thanks, thanks for Virginia. Helping, thanks for All helping right. us out this week. Sure. Uh, we are going to take a break, and we've got more weekend report coming up. Skip Weber is here. Trish Gazelle from 102.5 is here, and the Weird News Challenge is coming <gasps> next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. If you lose me. And welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Big thank you again to Virginia Crita from Daily Caller, who has spent most of the show with us today as Chris Arps is out. Chris is also going to be out next week, and Virginia will be back again. So that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Big thanks to her. If you missed anything uh, that we talked about with Virginia, or you missed the conversation with Rodney Boyd or Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, don't forget you can always go back and download the podcast of this show. You can do it on the web website 971talk.com or the radio.com app it's a free download uh, once you have the radio.com app on your phone you favorite the radio station and you have access to everything you can stream the station 24 7 you can download all the podcasts from all the shows here on the station and again it is all absolutely free so go and check it out as i mentioned at the end of the last segment skip weber has arrived hello great to see you my friend great Trish to be Giselle here from 102.5 is here as well this is rigged i am not happy Whoa. about it. this is rigged what's wow. rigged 
Skip and Carl. Ne- I mean, you're like negative Nancy. Yeah, right out of I don't like that. Shoot. At least give me ARP so I have a shot at winning. <laughs> he wants, she wants ARP so she can finish second. I mean, at least no. any one person I can He's get on. Be, yeah. Chris is going to be so mad because. There's so many times when I finished in thirds. He's, ARP's is not, there's no lay down. He's he, all right. He's going to be mad because, Skip, you missed a couple weeks uh, a little bit earlier this month, and he wanted to play while you were gone so right. he could catch up. So he could right. he could so try to he could try to gain some ground while you weren't here, and now he's not here, and we're playing. We'll play and he's there like, oh, now Skip or, you know, yep. and Trish have a chance to you know uh, gain and ground Carl. on him. And Becky, yes. Becky, when you were gone, Becky had written one, but Skip oh, wasn't here. Yeah, that's right. And so Chris is like, well, I can't play. You know what myself. I like <laughs> to see about this? So this is episode fifty-two of the Weird News Challenge. As I look at it right now, and mm-hmm. I for the first time I see my name. As on a one, the end, right. on the board as a winner. Yes, I love to be in the host. I want to yeah. do that again. I will, I'm will, kind of disappointed in my questions. I feel like I don't oh, know. No, I thought the questions were good. They were good. Okay. good. They were they were about twenty five percent better than Tony's okay. usual. Okay, okay, I'll take it. I need another shot at that though. I like even though you lost. I'm glad because, there's math there. Because oh, Tony knew the answer. Because Tony <laughs> he cleaned up on that multiple. Discussed the answer yes. on the air. Yeah. Well, you were listening before. to it, Skip. Only for the beginning. Only for the beginning. That is your problem. So today is another traditional game of the Weird News Challenge. Actual news. So it's it's actual news. Fairly recent news. Real news stories. And um, um, (laughs) just like last week's show that that Trish put together, uh, I have six questions uh, on this week's show. Yeah, that's a lot. And question number Hmm. six has ten possible answers. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Trish just talked about it. You heard the segment. Many of of the questions that I ask on the Weird News Challenge always have been, Things that are not only real news stories that are out there and, you know, readable and gettable, but a lot of times are stories that we have talked about either on Annie's show or Dave's show. Many of them the week, are so. food related. There you go. And yes. many of them are <laughs> I thought that's where he was going. Yes. <laughs> is a big one for us. Uh, oh, there is a food question. There's, oh. there's one food question on today's show, too. All right. Oh, so God. here we go. Uh, this is episode 52 of the Weird News Challenge. It is, uh, again, a traditional game. Trish Gazelle from 102.5, Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet, and producer Carl Middleman are playing today. Let's uh, test the buzzers. Carl, go first. Carl. There you go. Trish. Bloop. Mm-hmm. Very good. The buzzers are working, and we are ready. Katie Fitzpatrick rule is not in effect. You can buzz in whenever you want. Weekend Report, Weird News Challenge, episode 52, question number one. The Kansas City Royals announced this week that their manager... Carl. Ne- y- yes, sir. Mike Matheny. That is correct. <clears throat> oh, good one. Mm-hmm. I almost I almost bu- buzzed in and said Carl, Ned Yost, Trish, which would have been wrong. Skip. Wait, is that for sure, or is it a possibility? It's a possibility. Yeah. Well, and that's what the question says, too. So the full question was, Kansas City Royals announced this week that their manager, Ned Yost, will be stepping down at the end of the season. It has been widely reported that this re- that his replacement that's about right then what will be this former St. Louis so Cardinal very, manager, very astute, Mike Matheny, is the answer. Question number two, a related question. What was Mike Matheny's Cardinal jersey number? Carl. Yes, sir. 22. That is correct. Good one, Carl. It was his number as a player (laughs) and his number as a manager. Yes. Question number three. It's another sports question, Trish. No, it's it's not. It's not. It's not. Amazon. It's not a sports question. Amazon is rolling out new celebrity voices for Alexa. Skip Weber. 
Samuel L. Jackson. That is correct. I was almost there. Trish, that was yours. You would have had that. That Disappointed. That one was written for you. Uh, Amazon is rolling out (laughs) a new celebrity. That means I'll never get another (laughs) one to this whole game. Amazon is rolling out new celebrity voices for Alexa. In other words, you can have your Alexa speak to you in a celebrity's voice. Who is the first celebrity voice that will be offered? And the answer is Samuel L. Jackson. Question number four. Six questions on today's show. The sixth question has ten possible points, so even Trish Gazelle can still win this game. (laughs) Question number four. Recently, Rick Springfield gave an interview where he gave details about writing the song Jesse's Girl. And while the story in the song Bloop. Yes. Gary. That is correct. Yes. That is His name wasn't Jesse. It was was Gary. Gary, But it didn't fit in the song. While the story in the song is basically true, Rick did know a guy who had a girlfriend that he wanted for his own, but the man's real name was not Jesse. It was Gary. Here's a, uh, I I better not say it because you may have gone. Is the next question related to that question? Uh, It is not. Okay. So Jesse's girl. Uh Uh-huh. Is about a guy named Jesse. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, by a way, friend of his, Gary. It's a guy named but, Gary. But it's about the guy named Jesse. But it's spelled like the way a girls, woman. Yeah, girls that's spell a, Jesse. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not spelled J E S S E. I E. It's I E. So when he wrote so, the song, um, yeah, he wanted Gary's. He wanted Gary's girlfriend when he wrote the song, and in the song was originally called Gary's girl. And he said it didn't sound Gary's right. Girl. He then changed the name to Randy's girl, and mm. he still didn't oh. like the way it sounded. And then he finally settled on yeah. Jesse's girl. Maybe Je- yeah. that's how they spell it in Australia. Yeah. So he's not Australian, is he? I didn't think he was. In- I don't think he was American. I think he is. Because that, that was the name. I don't think all American boy was. It doesn't matter. Does anyone I don't think know it's the his way they name? Spell it anywhere. Does anyone know <laughs> the name of his character on General Hospital uh, back I, in the day? I don't, but my Doctor wife does. Doctor Drake Ramirez? No, well, yeah. no, that that was uh, that Noah was Joey Drake. Tribbiani. Joey. Noah, Noah, Noah Drake. Drake. So if hey, I would said Doctor Drake, I would have been fine. <laughs> yes. Note. Uh, my the day. Okay, so my wife loves Rick Springfield. My my mother in law loves Rick Springfield. And when my wife and I were dating, I was uh, uh, working for one hundred four one the mall. Oh radio gosh. station yeah, that, way we, that we played Rick Springfield. He have came, a nice day. He or, came to it? town. Yeah, have a nice We're, day cafe. We used to go there on oh, Saturday yeah. nights. Yeah. So, oh, he you know, came to have we? a nice day cafe. No, no, he came to the pageant, I think, and I got my wife, and, and at the time, I was dating her, and so I got, I got, you know, my girlfriend and her mom backstage passes oh, cool. to Rick Springfield. You were in, and I was in yeah. for the re- uh, That was it, and, that you, was and the, you're still married. That and was she still the turning you. point. <laughs> Your mother-in-law likes that you. That was the turning point for. Yep, I, from that in. point on, I was my uh, my. You were in. I was That's in with good. my mother-in-law. Two, two years ago, That's it was Rick fact. Springfield and Pat Benatar at <laughs> Riverport. I'm uh, sorry, and. Rick Springfield was born in Sydney, Australia. Oh, Thank you. Very good, right Carl. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that they spelled Jesse with the girl's name any different there than they did. He was great. He did a version of Katy Perry's uh, Brave. Oh, wow. And it was really great. But Pat Benatar sounded He still amazing. takes his shirt off. But he's still like... In, in his concerts, plays topless. He's tiny. He yeah. was on that show on right, Showtime called Californication. Right. He was enough. really good. All right, two All more right. questions. Two more questions. Question number five. Man, we were tangent of, radio. You are welcome, <laughs> Rick Springfield. Um, question number five. A new survey asked Americans what is their favorite way to have their steak 
cooked. Ooh, bloop, bloop, bloop. It, oh, bloop, okay. Yeah. Well, well done. That is correct. Wow. Well done. Isn't that gross? No, yes. I do That's it well horrible. done. Horrible. I do it well done. I don't want any blood on my oh. plate in like my potato. I want, Ew. A yeah. chef I want it to will be tell closer you. to I don't care. Than, yes. than closer I want to it well to flinch when I poke yeah. it. I don't exactly. care what a chef No, says. chefs. The chefs say medium how rare. I want. Chefs say medium, say medium rare. But well, you should ask for medium so that they will actually cook it medium so, rare. Because uh, they'll undercook Trish it. Trish Gazelle is right. A, a new survey asked Americans what is their favorite way to have their steak cooked. And well done was the number one answer with 24%. Medium rare was second. Just one percent behind. I could do medium well. I could do medium yeah. well, but I like a strip, and that's okay for a mm-hmm. strip. All right, so this is big time. We're tied. This yeah. is big here. So <laughs> Carl has two points. Trish has two points. Skip has one point. But that this doesn't matter. This is the sixth question and final question, unless we need the tiebreaker, and it has ten oh, possible points. Yes. So it's anybody's ball game. This moment right here is why the Weird News Challenge is America's favorite game show, because you could cut the tension with a knife. Just do it. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) First person to buzz in gets a chance to Mm -hmm. uh, clean up here. I wish wish Chris Arps was here. Keep your hands on the buzzers. (laughs) Yeah. You'd have more than one point. (laughs) Keep your hands on the buzzers, because as soon as that first person misses one, you can buzz in and get more. Here we go. A A survey, a recent survey found the... Ten messy things that our significant others and family members do that annoy us Carl. the most. The dishes. They leave dishes in the sink. I'll give you that one. What number is that? Number one. Oh. The trash. Mm. Be, more, be more specific. What about the trash? Taking out the trash. That is incorrect. Okay. Blue. Okay, Trish Gazelle. Leaving their clothes on the floor. I believe that is one of them, actually. There's a lot of them here. Um, I thought there was only ten. Yeah, there is. Um, yes, it's shoes, leaving shoes on the floor, but shoes are clothes. I'll give you that. Three. Okay. Okay, uh-huh. leaving the... <laughs> um, I not like the fact that I gave you that. No, that's, that's, fi- that's fine, but... <laughs> Cap off the toothpaste? Incorrect. Incorrect. Right. Do you want the? Well, you can have the question. Yeah, that's, a, like that's a thing. We probably, oh, you should have probably asked for the oh, question. No, no I because you it. can't buzz in and ask for the question. If it, she asked I for it, it would have It's all bad. done. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So he can have the Go question. Uh, survey found the ten messiest, the messy things that our significant others or family members do that annoy us the most. What are they? What are the ten? Things well, that was the whole question. Yeah, that was the whole question. And family members. So you do. got one, and right, I got so, one. So far we have. We're still so far we have leaving dishes in the sink, which uh-huh. is number one, and we have leaving shoes um, in the hallway, which is number ten. But so we have not, the top so, and the bottom. You not taking everyone. out the trash. And here's the deal: uh, Carl and Trish are tied yeah. at three. So Skip so can either make two, it a three-way tie. Yeah, you can either make it a three-way tie. So let's go. What does what does Lori yell at you about? Leaving clothes on the floor. That's it. Let's go with, um, how about leaving the toilet seat up? That is number two. Oh, that's a good one. Need that one more to one face. One more to uh, One more to force a three-way good tie. One. All right, come on, so skip. let's this go with, I'm come on, for a tie. Uh, me too. <laughs> let's get a three-way tie. How about uh, leaving the bed unmade? 
That is incorrect. Oh, darn it. on the list. That would have been awesome. Now no, we're going to tie. So here's the rest. I kind of wanted a three. Mm. Here's the rest. Leaving cabinet drawers weird. open. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I get yelled at for that all Leaving the, time. the fridge door open, which yeah. I don't even know how that's oh, possible. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Just that. My, I do. Uh, leaving caps off of things in the refrigerator. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, no, in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. like not, not, not capping the, the milk. Refrigerator, not toothpaste. <laughs> not capping the milk. Well, uh, I somebody may keep their the toothpaste in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big one in my house. It drives me crazy. Leaving cups and dishes around the house. Uh, my kids will leave yeah. a plate on the on a friggin. So when I a, said dishes, I could have been. Well, it, it, less. You could have been. You could have actually I been. Two yeah. of them. You should have been asked to be more specific. Leaving the lights mm-hmm. on when they leave a room. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which is not messy, but that's See, okay. yeah, this, the, that's the headline saying, of this list deal. is yeah. not a good not headline. Messy. Not yeah. closing uh, bags of potato chips. Mm. And the final one, the garbage one, is letting the garbage overflow. Ah. Uh, not... But if you take the trash out, you don't have that problem. No. No, but you said taking the trash out. Taking that's the trash true. out is kind of an argument about who All takes right, it so out. All right, so i got to sit out the tiebreaker here. you okay. got to sit out You're the tiebreaker. Right. Here we go. So this is only okay. between, it. this is only between Darn Trish it. and Carl. Uh, hold on, i got to do and my... And lady first, you get to answer uh, first. No. She, she no. has to answer first because she has the most victories. Most points. On, it's, a, okay. it's actually Which a gives disadvantage you, to yeah, answer first. Yeah, that's right. It's a disadvantage. It's a disadvantage to answer first. Because you could go higher low. But you have more wins on... On the uh, thanks for trying to act like you were being yeah. <laughs> yeah. a gentleman. So you you do have to go first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've we've figured that out. How who goes first? Well, wait. If Skip I have the most last. wins, I should be able to. Pick. Yeah, but the no. advantage goes no. to the person that has I the least. Amount. I'm coming from yeah. behind. Chris, yeah, Skip always has to. I have go to first. go first. Though. Yeah. and I'm Here the master of the Price is Right. That's right. Manipulation of I am ready. I am ready. Same survey. Uh oh. The same survey about messy stuff. Um. Uh, according to that same survey, what percentage of Americans say they have ended a relationship Ooh. over chores and cleaning? Ooh. They have ended a relationship hmm. over chores and cleaning. What percentage of Americans? I'm gonna get. I get to guess at the end. Sure, you can. Without being be getting the win. That's I'm gonna say thirty-seven percent. Okay, Trish is in at thirty. Seven percent. Mm, you going high? You going? Where low? are you gonna go, Carl? I'm gonna go. Closest guest wins. Thirty-eight percent. I'll I'm bet you higher. it is lower than thirty. I'll bet I you. Hope so. I would guess thirty percent. Thirty-four percent. You, you won. Trish Gazelle Ooh, yes! has won yes! the Weird News Challenge for the dun, dun, tenth dun. time. I didn't think you I'd have now, a tri- chance between these two. You are now uh, have joined the double-digit yes! club with. Skip Weber and Chris Arps. What? How many are you at, Skip? Seventeen. I don't know. Seventeen, oh, eighteen, gosh. twenty. We need you like to, to go on vacation for a long time. <laughs> You're, I've Skip done this before. You guys don't play when I'm on vacation. No, we Skip don't. Skip is at seventeen. Chris is at eleven, and Trish Gazelle is now at ten. Very good stuff. All good right, job. we have got to take a break. Are you gonna? Can you stick around? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll Trish stick is gonna stick around. Skip's gonna stick around. Uh, you should too. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Weekend Report on ninety-seven one.
Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Congratulations again, Trish Gazelle. Thank you. You won by 3%. The latest edition of the Weird News Challenge. You want to hear the Weird News Challenge again or all the uh, exciting things that we've done on today's show with Rodney Boyd, Virginia Cruda, Missouri Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. Don't forget you can always download our podcast free on the radio.com app. App certainly appreciate you uh, sticking around with us and listening to the weekend report. Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet is here. Uh, Trish Gazelle sticking around for another one, and producer Carl Middleman. Uh, Carl, we talk about um, your other gig. Yes, here in town working for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they of course have some exciting news with uh, the new practice facility opening up. Yes, and um, and their for... new defenseman. That's the exciting. Yeah. News. Yes, Fuck. yes. How about that? A and... multiple All Star. I know. Mm-hmm. And we signed him for an eight-year deal. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's a, the champions just got better, mm-hmm. NHL. Right. Wow. Just How old you, is he, by the way? The champions just got 27. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's 27, but he started like at 21. So he got, and yeah. there's a really cool uh, documentary coming event. up. Event. There's an event coming up this, uh, opening night is on Wednesday, Wednesday. but Tuesday, the day before, at Ballpark Village, they're going to show the brand new documentary about Grant Fuhrer. It's oh, called cool. Being Coco. Now, if you remember, he wasn't called Coco here because he had a problem with cocaine <laughs> between right, right. Edmonton and here. Right. So, so that the, wouldn't have been good. The Coco right. name kind of just went away. Because I, when I saw the documentary name, I'm like... I don't remember him being, but right. when he was with Edmonton, he was Coco, yep. and he said it was easy for him to become a player of color because he was wearing a mask. Right. And and in Edmonton, they didn't. Oh, he, you got a black guy on your team. Like which one? Oh, the guy wearing the white mask is right. out there. Right. But right. this is about an hour and fifteen minutes, and Grant Fuhrer is going to be there, and Darren Pang is going to moderate a Q and A with Kelly Chase and Grant Fuhrer. That's cool. And it is really. I watched the documentary. It's really good. Yeah. You're probably going to see it on. Uh, NHL Network throughout the season, it, everyone's in it mm-hmm. because he was with five championship teams with Edmonton. Then he had a great run here. You have Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, probably, but yeah. but all in the yeah. documentary. Uh, Gretzky, Messier, uh, uh, Glenn Sather, his coach was right. up there, right. and then you have Jerome McGinley, who yeah. idolized him as a kid, and he's like, well, well if he, a black, another if player, he, uh, called, right. uh, yes, if a black guy can do it, I can do it. And Fred ba- Brathwaite, who used to play for the Blues, and another there are going to be two times when the crowd in St. Louis boos. First of all, when Mike Keenan shows up, oh. because and he is unrecognizable. He has no hair on his face. He doesn't have the mustache, and he has shaved his so head. So he's bald. talking in the documentary. Yes, about because Grant he brought he Grant Fuhrer okay, to so St. Louis. Old yeah. footage. It's, right. Well, it's they current. do have old footage, but the talking head of him now is current. Is very shocking. And then the other time that they will boo is when Nick Kiprios. Oh, is in, yeah. He's in the documentary, and he talks about the hit. Wow. He's like Chris Pronger. Pushed me and Pronger's in it too. Chris Pronger pushed me, and Pronger's like, "Yeah, but then he went the other way." Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> because he uh, tore his LCL, because, yeah. ACL. Kiprios is a verb between right. me and my friends when we talk about, especially in playoff hockey. They were a, supposed to win that year. There was a um, there was a major Kiprios last. There was in this, in in this playoffs. Yeah. There was in a Bo- moment against Boston. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that uh, um, uh, that happened in the game, and and we were my yeah. we were texting each other, mm-hmm. and we were using. 
the word to- Kiprios yeah. as a verb. Like yeah. he just got Kiprios. Barely got touched and yeah. just totally. Yeah, and crashed right. the net and, right. and yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that that and that put John Casey in the net mm-hmm. and Casey and kind of lost. Melted, <laughs> yeah, had a little bit of a meltdown and under the they pressure. They were they were expected to go all the way that year. They were. And the St. Louis Blues that was have, the Gretzky year. Yes, right? it was. Yeah. And Wayne says still says that. Grant Fuhrer is the greatest goalie of all time. Yeah, and the Blues He's have certainly a, in the conversation. Well, the Blues have a strong. Wayne, Get, Wayne Gretzky has no business saying anything but that. I mean, he, right, right. He, he was, got him five cups. Yes. <laughs> is this yes. a closed just, event, or can people? No, buy, people can buy it. You can and go, they're still on sale. Yes, uh, go to the Blues I would website. Imagine that yeah. sell out. I don't know. And it's it's a ballpark so cool. village. That's yeah. so cool. And so, uh, the Blues have Grant a huge. Fuhrer is the kind of guy he deserves this. Yes. He deserves a documentary now, about let him. Let me ask you a question. His story is amazing. He's an amazing dude. Let me ask you a question. Yes. I noticed he's Picture, not looking at me. <laughs> no, or anybody. Picture this event. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals lose, win one game against the Cubs. Milwaukee sweeps Colorado. NL wild card game is Tuesday night yes, in St. Louis. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. That's going to be nuts oh, wow. down there. Well, Might happen. Don't blow the... Although, could be although crazy. in that scenario, they maybe might Washington... It. It, no, it would probably be at Washington. But if Washington loses all their games... Right. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Saint Louis, yeah, it's it's very, still possible. Yeah, it's it's possible. very possible. Yeah. It's yeah. probably as possible as anything else. Yeah, right. right. That there's a wild card game in St. Louis because, on Tuesday well, night. That'd be if, amazing. If they yeah. win the division, they wouldn't play at home until like the yeah, weekend. Right. right. But if they but play the wild, wild card, card game, game. <laughs> the wild card game's Tuesday the because card, any, right. if there needs to be a tiebreaker, that's Monday. Yep. That's right. And that would be in St. Louis. But we're right. in the playoffs for sure, yes. right? Yeah, yeah but yeah. we don't okay. know where we are yet. Yeah. Yeah. We so don't have it, home advantage unless we're we have to play a wild card. So that's card what playoff. we really want. Yeah. Now. The only thing they've qualified so far the Cardinals is that wild card game, which is just one game mm-hmm. and not they haven't not qualified for a for a yeah, for a, a series yet. So, but yeah, we'll see how the, all that shakes out. And and, um, and I've mentioned all these players from Edmonton, but Chris Pronger, Brett Hull, uh, Al McInnes, they are all in this documentary too. Kelly Chase, cool. they're all in this documentary. It's very blues heavy, and every and like even players like Brett Hull is wearing blue stuff. Wayne Gretzky right. is not wearing any. Yep. Which any player stuff. will be on site that night? Any? It, it, it will. Well, Grant Fuhr will be there. Uh-huh. Darren Pang will be there, and Kelly Chase will be there. Yep. I bought a people understand the Grant Fuhr signed a uh, hockey point uh, <laughs> hockey about puck it. about ten years it. ago mm-hmm. before it obviously went into the Hall of Fame they and they it. gave it to my nephew like that's Aww. a good thing to have right? yes yeah. it is okay. yes you should keep that I was just like well, okay, you, I'll you buy gave it away already it but that's okay <laughs> it was a charity event and I'm like oh I'll buy this and give so it to my nephew before we run out of time two things I want to talk about uh, the Saturday evening rock show and Weber Chevrolet Saturday evening rock well, show let's talk about them both so thrilled to be back with the new show yes had to have with technical Technical difficulties. There was couldn't a couple put new music in. Couple and, of best ofs. Yeah, back, they, but you, you, you were honest with that. You came up on the show yeah. last week and said, "Hey, yeah, this sure. is from June." Well, and right. I also um, uh, put it on my Facebook already. Yeah. you know all that. But, but a uh, new show new is show. back yeah, tonight. Can't wait. And um, yeah, it's kind of neat because I created it, you know, before something happened in the rock world, and so I had to redo my notes and do all this stuff so mm-hmm. you'll see so, so then, i'm guessing no nah, uh, don't worry about that yeah yes. <laughs> so then anybody um, in the cars no no <laughs> can not, you explain one of those i'm two. fairly new yeah. to the rock show yes. so can you tell me exactly what it is well, well, I'll tell you, i'm gonna so, tell you this I, that it's the number one music show on a talk station in the world in the world in the world the number one yes. music show on a yes. talk station well, in the world. we play we play we play two hours of rock and roll music uh, we have a theme that all ties all the songs, you. all picked by me, 
And, and basically, it's about uh, I do about ten minutes of talking per. So you hour. like weave stories in around yes. the songs. Yes, awesome. every song gets a, gets some time about here's why they did this or here's what I think about it or this is why I picked it or whatever. And so mm-hmm. and I have fun doing it. So I have to have a lot of notes on everything though. And you so. don't. He doesn't give the theme out. At front, you, until, have to, you give you have to he get, gives them like a half hour to two, guess. Two, two so you start two playing songs, songs and then Play people start guessing. Oh, yes. this is the theme. Oh, great! Play I two love songs that. and then the, and then give up the theme. So Do you have this, a, I, this is a, this is what this will be a hard this is a hard theme to guess. This so is a hard theme to guess. So sometimes it's one theme for the whole two hours, and sometimes yes, it's o- only a theme once an if hour. I split it. And okay. this is a Ooh, whole, now this I the whole thing. Get in on this. What time does it start? Nine o'clock. Okay. Nine o'clock this I'm evening. Listening to see on if this I can. radio we station, we should have a, a a text ga- a group text to see who can guess it first, first between us, yeah. and well, then we get I points. Like it. This like is a it. separate there game. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we also, all three of us, know how to cheat at that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, By going that's true. To, <laughs> I'm above cheating, oh. so I wouldn't do that. Um, so, so good answer. Great. Good answer. Uh, Weber Chevrolet. Uh, so at the beginning and end of every month, you know, you're, there's always something changing and always right. something to talk about. Is that sort of we were talked to Brian Agers earlier uh, in the show about how we're kind of you know going we're changing seasons. Right. Does, so I know it's, I know things change at the end of every month. Do does your sales does anything change for you when a season changes? Like yeah, now that summer is kind of officially over, does that have any effect uh, on you not guys? Not so much summer, but just getting toward the end of the year mm-hmm. because this month September was the first month where we really had significant good 2020 incentives from the factory. Yeah. So we had so lots and lots of 2020s sold in the month of September. Um, you know, as opposed to just a trickle, but we still have a handful of brands, especially Silverado, that have a lot of inventory in from 2019s. So you got this time of year, mm-hmm. September, October, lots of 20s and lots of 19s. Yeah. Last year it was lots of 19s and lots of 18s, yeah. etc. Yeah. So that time of kind year kind of so, always a thing you can yes, take advantage of. Uh, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. you got the bad thing is is it will start to run. I mean the 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 I expect October's incentives to be at least as strong. But there's less to choose from on the 19th. Very good. That's the problem. All right. You and you can learn about go. all the deals happening at all three Weber Chevrolet locations by going to WeberChevrolet.com. Weber that yes. is exactly right. That is going to do it for another edition of the Week in Report. Thank you, Skip. Thank you, Trish. Thank Winner. You Carl. That's right. <laughs> Second place. Thank you to uh, Virginia Cruda for helping out so much today. Last place. First place place overall. We're not petty at all. (laughs) First place overall. Bye. See you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 